and welcome to Shady Grove Radio. I'm Dan Loggins. This is the day the Lord has made, and this is episode number 50 of Shady Grove Radio, a ministry of Shady Grove Wesleyan Church in Colfax, North Carolina. A very special program tonight as we welcome Pastor Scott and Laura Bryson to our church. We're getting to know the Brysons tonight. Pastor Scott will be our worship pastor at Shady Grove. They're going to be a part of our church along with their two children, Amelia and Alistair. And we're going to hear more about their story coming up. But just a fascinating way, the way the Lord has had his hand on their lives. And now they're at Shady Grove. So take a listen to my conversation with Pastor Scott and Laura Bryson. Hello, guys. Hi, Dan. Good to be with you. Good to hear you. Tell us who you are. Who are Scott and Laura Bryson? I'm a lifelong Wesleyan. I was born and raised in Brevard, North Carolina at Brevard Wesleyan Church up there. Many of the people from Shady Grove may remember Pastor Don Milstead, who was at Shady Grove back in the late 80s. After he left Shady Grove, he went up to Brevard. So he was my pastor most of my life growing up. And then after I graduated from high school, I went to Southern Wesleyan University. I majored, uh, majored in music education. Thankfully, the Lord saved me from going down that road. Uh, <laughs> And realized it was not for me. I have a great respect for teachers. My uh, Laura's one. She'll be able to tell you about that in a few minutes. Especially middle school teachers. God bless them. They are wonderful people that have a wonderful calling. Thankfully, that was not mine. But then during the summer between my junior year and senior year at Southern, Dr. Forbes Kivett, who was the pastor at Kannapolis First at the time, approached me at district conference about the possibility of coming to be their, their worship pastor there. And so after I graduated from SWU, I went to Kannapolis, and I've been there ever since for 15 years. Wow. So you've been there since Forbes was there. Yep. Wow. He hired me. He was there for about three years. I'm currently on my third senior pastor, actually, well, which is a little, a little unusual for staff people. Yeah. A worship pastor that can outlive the pastor is doing pretty well, especially three of them. So I am Laura, and I was born in Kentucky. My dad, who is Bradford Phipps, some of you may know him as Dr. Phipps. He teaches at Southern Wesleyan University. Yes, I know Um, him. (laughs) He was at Asbury when I was born, so I was born in Kentucky, um, Asbury Seminary. And then we moved to New Jersey while my father was doing his PhD program. And then we moved down to Liberty, South Carolina, near Central so that he could take the job at Southern Wesleyan. I graduated from high school in Liberty, and then I went to Southern Wesleyan, where I wouldn't say I met Scott there, because technically I met him at what we now call Campus Challenge, although it it was called Teens and Talent at that point. It was not a wonderful first meeting, because <laughs> he actually beat me or beat my team in the specific singing competition, and so it was a little bit of a, a rough start, but wow, uh, we didn't we didn't actually meet until college, and then I graduated with an English education degree with a Spanish minor. I did not get saved from education, <laughs> unlike Scott. Um, I have taught high school English for 13 years. My most recent favorite things at school are that for the last four years, I've gotten to teach AP literature, which is my very favorite. It's oh, the wow. sort, of, sort of like a second level college English literature yes. class. I love it. 
Um, and I've gotten to work alongside the theater teacher for the last four years as the music director for the spring musical. So she did the theater elements and I trained them on the music and the singing and the artistic interpretation. And so then I became the music assistant for that. Yes. So we had a <laughs> little bit of role reversal there. Excellent. <laughs> so you met at Southern Wesleyan. All right, you're graduating, Scott, with a degree in music education. She's in English education. How soon after that did you get married? She's two years younger than I am. We started dating end of my junior year and then through my senior year. You should know the date of that. Well, actually, yes. We started dating on April Fool's Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and she, she told me, she said, if this is a joke, I will kill you. <laughs> okay. Like, no, no, I'm serious. Well, <laughs> listen, if you started dating on April Fool's Day, you'll fit in very well at Shady Grove. Very sure well. There, there's all kinds of things you could probably read into that. Yeah. So then we dated long distance for a couple of years. So I spent many hours traveling down 85 back to SWU to visit for those two years. So after a couple of years there, is that, that when you got married? Did you get down on it one is. You got on one knee, Scott, and proposed? Yes, I did. Where did that uh, happen? Well, that was down at the beach at Isle of Palms in Charleston. And he picked a location where I could get attacked by a crab. That It did not go as planned. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> this little this little crab kept trying to pop out of a hole. Right where we were. And then I tried to sit down on a some sort of driftwood, driftwood or yeah. something and ended up cutting my leg. And oh, it yeah. wasn't major. It wasn't major, but with the crab and the and the wood and it was just interesting. It, memorable, but for not necessarily the right reasons, perhaps. <laughs> well, being an insurance guy, I'm thinking, did you lose the ring? I hope you didn't drop the <laughs> ring in the sand. Nope, still got it. We're good. Still, still good on that one. Excellent, excellent. And you said yes, Laura? Well, uh, yes, eventually. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I this, first, this is going great. At first, I looked, oh. first I was, I, I don't, I have a hard time with full-fledged commitment. I want to have it. But it, it always takes me a while because I want everything to go uh, exactly right. I looked at the ring and I was about to put it on and he took it back and said, you can't put it on until you say yes. <laughs> well, it so, makes sense. Yes. He clearly knew me well. And then uh -huh. of course I said yes and put it on. So mm -hmm. I guess it was a good ring. And then it was to Kannapolis first Wesleyan for all those years. Yes. Really? God provided a, a great job for Laura. And that's a great story. I'll let Laura tell that one. We knew we were getting married in June. It was almost an immediate placement. and wow. Which was the school, the school that she wanted that we'd done research on and, and really liked. And you taught there up until the end of this year? Uh, yes, actually, I'm still there right this moment. That's also an interesting story mm -hmm. about my transition to which school I will be teaching at in Guilford County. And on the night of open house for my school up here, I got a phone call and the, the principal who asked me to interview told me that the position was one in which the English department really collaborate with the theater program. And I asked her what the specific teaching roles were. And she said, well, it's AP literature. Hmm. And, wow. I, and I said, you just said theater and AP lit in the same conversation and I'm about to fall over. And so they asked me to interview and I interviewed the next day. And then I had gotten off the phone at 
2.57 from the interview, and by the time I walked out to my car, they had called back by 3.15 and wanted me to interview a second time with the head principal. And so it was just a very clear circumstance, and so the school I'm teaching at is Southwest Guilford High School. That that all came together. So you got y'all have only worked one place since you got out of college? Correct. For both of us. Yeah. It makes our resumes kind of easy to read. <laughs> it's pretty short. You know, I, there's a couple of things I did. Let me just ask this then. Okay. Um, Scott, how did you come to know the Lord? That's a great question. And, you know, I'm one of those people that I can't remember specifically how it happened. I've just always had a relationship with with the Lord from from a very young age. But I will say that growing up, for me, it was more about the rules and the regulations. And then it wasn't until I was in high school. We were at a youth choir convention, actually. And I just saw the passion that some of the other students there had. And I remember sitting in that hotel room down in Orlando, Florida, and just saying, God, I want that passion. I want that relationship with you rather than just trying to go through and check the boxes, you know, rather than than trying to do everything right, which wasn't working. I want to to love you, to get to know you, to be on fire for this relationship. That was that was one of the key moments that I remember. Um, in my relationship with the Lord. And uh, one of the things that he always brings back to me is Philippians chapter 2. And that's um, where he talks about, in humility, consider others better than yourself. And taking on the the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, uh, became a servant. And uh, so that's one of the things that he's led for me as a call on my life is to remember that. And every once in a while, he has to smack me upside the head with it (laughs) as well and say, hey, remember this. You know, in humility, consider others better than yourself. There, Laura, how about you? How did you come to know the Lord? My mom says I was four, and I think I may have even been in the bathroom on the floor and just asked her about Jesus and whether he could come into my life. And I think she's the one who led me to Christ, if I remember correctly. Now, I don't recall that completely. The One of the pivotal moments for me, I was 13 and I was at youth camp. And we had one of those Thursday night sermons that takes everybody by storm. A very unusual circumstance. I had gone to youth camp many times and or kids camp. And, you know, there was always that that strong, those strong moments. But this was where the entire camp was on fire that night. And and I just remember that was a, a moment where I, you know, how sometimes you're not sure how real it is. And then there are moments you can't deny. Um, that was one of those for me. And then I would say also the whole process with the kids um, has also been one of those longer moments, but a process of learning what God really wants from us and that he is able to provide for your needs and that his time is the best time, which is, which can be very difficult for someone like, like, well, I like to plan things. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Okay. 
Oh, wait a minute. I left out something. Tell me about your kids. Uh-huh. I wondered if that would come up. <laughs> of course. So we have two children. Amelia is 11 and Alistair is 10. And that's really uh, a wonderful story of God providing for us there because um, they're adopted. We adopted them this year, January 21st of this year. Out oh, of this year? Care. Wow. This year was when it was official, yes. They moved in last year in March, right before all the um, quarantine and shutdown orders came through. Uh, they had been matched with us. We we had found out that if they weren't moved in before those orders came down, they wouldn't be moving in for months. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to move in yet. They were supposed to be weeks or months down the road. But we said, no, go ahead and get them in here. Well, and even the matching for us was a God thing mm-hmm. because they matched them to us before our licensure went through. So they had already sort of chosen us before we were even legally allowed to do anything about it. Wow. So it was a very quick, rapid process. They, I'm pretty sure that we found out in January about them. And then by February we had met them and by March they had moved in, which if you know anything about the foster system, that's a very fast pace. Mm -hmm. And then what was difficult for many, many people during the quarantine was definitely difficult for us. But in some ways, God also provided that time for us to bond as a family because they weren't gone to school every day. They couldn't play Scott or they couldn't play me against him or him against me because (laughs) we were both here. So that didn't work. (laughs) And with both of our educational backgrounds, we both had some training in how to handle children of different types and different ages. And it it really was very effective and we were able to help them do their schooling more more accurately, which which was very difficult for many mm-hmm. families. Wow. So yeah. We're, we were blessed in that circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, and one of the questions that the board asked me in my interview was, why did you stay at Kannapolis so long? And why was now the time for you to be able to transition? And that was a great question because there had been other job offers that had come along over the over the years for churches that would have been great that I would have been honored to work for and would have loved to work for but for strange reasons the answer when we were praying about it was always no and we look on that back now and we just say the answers was because Amelia and Alistair were coming our way and God knew that we needed to be in Kannapolis for them for that time and our wow. continuity and our longevity which you mentioned earlier which is seemingly unusual is part of the reason I think we had um, less difficulty in in the foster care system letting us match so quickly and and do many of those things because like Scott said it's an easy read on a resume um, not too many people to check with That's all the time we have now for Shady Grove Radio. However, this is only part one. This is part one of a two-part program called Meet the Brysons. Next week, we are going to have more from the Brysons, and I think you're really going to find uh, their story very, very interesting. We'll learn more about their children, Amelia and Alistair. Tell me about Amelia. Amelia is silly and very kind-hearted. She loves grandparent age people, loves them. 
Laura's grandmother. Amelia just adores her. Probably the worst sweet tooth loves it. She also enjoys baking. She made her own birthday cake. Yeah, a three-layer cake with three different flavors. We had so much we had so cake. Much cake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we had so much cake. <laughs> Now, Alistair is just a little fireball, is going constantly from sunup to sundown. He's hilarious. He loves Pokemon. He loves Legos. He loves Nerf. He loves to be outside and run and do active things. And also, Scott and Laura will be sharing a deeply personal story of a time of testing and how God worked through that situation. What's been the spiritual journey? We really struggled with infertility issues. Doctor's visits, um, all, all kinds of tests, and just always dead ends. It was about seven years where we didn't feel a lot of movement from God. I wouldn't call it a faith crisis, but it's one of those times where you're at a low point and you're just not sure what's the next step. And, and saying, God, we're, we're serving you. We believe we're doing what you want us to do. Why why is this not happening? Why are these prayers not being answered? Good question. Join us next week for Shady Grove Radio. I'm Dan Loggins. Thanks for listening. joining us today on Shady Grove Radio. I'm Dan Loggins, and if you have any questions about anything you heard on Shady Grove Radio today, send me an email, dan at shadygroveradio.com. dan at shadygroveradio.com.